Grooveaholics. Welcome to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Birthed by a love of music, we're all about culture. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. If you gain value from this podcast, personally share it with a friend and explain your favorite part. Let's get groovy.
Welcome everyone to the Rochester Groovecast podcast, your top source for live, local, regional music interviews and events from Rochester, New York and the surrounding region. We're live here with Sean McNamara and I'm excited, man. This is my favorite night of the week. Awesome. Yeah, I'm really excited, man. I, uh, I've been looking forward to it. You're going to play live for us. Before we do that, tell us about that track we just listened to, Rising Storm. Yeah, that is uh, that was one of the last uh, Moss Walk studio recordings uh, that we got done. Um, that was done in later 2019. And that's an old, old song, though. I had had that jingle, I guess, in my head for many years. And uh, and I'm lucky that, that those guys helped me make it a reality. And I had just hearing it back, put a smile on my face to everybody singing. Mm-hmm. We had so much fun, you know. Um, I like it. It's catchy, man. I like that jingle. Yeah, it was. It's a, it's a fun song, you know. So it's, I think there's a Bob Dylan tune with really similar chords that it always comes up when people hear that song. I, I had never heard that Dylan tune, or I think I had, and then I was like, oh yeah, that is. <laughs> but it's it's different enough, you know. Yeah. Good stuff, man. And and for anyone who doesn't know Sean, you play in Moss Walk. Um, you've played in our friends band. Mm-hmm. Um, a ton of projects that we'll dive into in a little bit. I mean, you've played, you've sat in with just about everybody in the Buffalo region. And I want to dive into that, but I do want to give people at home that live stream that they're waiting for. Do you have some songs uh prepared for us today? Yeah, absolutely. Um <clears throat> I was You've got to the torch, what, man. What we could do. Uh, so this was a tune uh, early in, I guess, the first lockdown. Early on, I started messing around with uh, some solo uh, DIY videos from 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 my old bedroom, and um, got into trying to play like the different instruments and stuff. So I've, I've, I haven't done this one on guitar a lot, but it was stuck in my head today. So I'll. Uh, I'll, I'll try this one out. This one's called Feel Sick Boogie. Uh, it had nothing to do with the pandemic, though. I, I I realized after I put it out, I was like, that was weird. I put out a song called Feel Sick Boogie. Um, during the, so I, I did not mean like offense. It was it's sick with, um, uh, you know, anxiousness or something or impatience. It's not sick with anything else. Uh I'm so sick, I got a bed, I got the fears today, I'm feeling sad, I got a roof, you got me, I got nothing babe, but a little tune for thee, I know it's good to feel bad, this is only one way to go when you're so low, I'm so low for sure, ain't but a cat. With his head filled with junk like a pack rat I'm out of bed, I'm feeling red And when I see it with you, Evelyn makes me so mad So tell that mister, hold in your hand I'm gonna stay off my block or I'll stab like a rubber band I'm going downtown without a stack Uncle V's is gonna have my back Drinks on me Drinks all around, but you can't keep me around. Cause I'm moody. And when you're sick, you got a bleh. 
sick, so sick, so sick, so sick, so sick. I'm going downtown with that stack. Uncle V's is gonna have my back. Drinks on me, drinks all around, but you can't get me around. Cause I'm Yeah. That's the Feel Sick Boogie, ladies and gentlemen. There's a fun version of that on, on my YouTube page where I um I started with that and I did a little um piano line and then I, I played some electric guitar on it and stuff like that. Let's see, let's do another one though. Um I wanted to try I think I'm gonna do it. I miss all these uh old Mosswap songs, so I'm gonna do another one of those this was off of so that tune that that we heard was a um a standalone we just sort of did that as a single uh but this one was on our our one and only full studio album um we recorded that with uh, my good buddy cody morse uh in north tonawanda and he's a great uh engineer man really creative guy so if you need recording and uh, you know, and you want to play with some cool toys and stuff. Cody Morris is the guy. He's got a lot of interesting gear. Uh, so yeah, I've got to do something off of off of that record. This this song is called Bell. Something new, something someone never drew. Oh, the place where the warm wind never blew. Trees keep secrets they never tell. Listen to choose them well. Sea breeze talks low to a hanging bell. Soil, got to go. 
it's so punctual. A rhythm seeds a combustible. Time of fugitive flies like a wild people watching i think hope everybody's doing all right staying safe what can we do now i'm a little nervous to try this because i never really play piano for anyone um we're gonna try this tune this is gonna be on the uh the cd that i did um and i've been trying to learn more about the piano playing a lot of catch up um just things i always wanted to be able to do on the thing that i never got around to learning so I'm going to try a song now called uh, Night at the Piano. And here we go. Let me take this off. Oh, you know what? I'm going to wait for my heater to go off, though. <laughs> because I don't know if you can hear that, but it's going to drive us insane. It gets cold in Buffalo, man. 
Um, I can't hear it, Sean. Oh, you can't hear it? All right, then screw it. We'll, we'll be good. I've got a headset on and I can't hear it. It's not a Yeah, a couple couple of clams in there for sure. That's okay though. It's hard, man. Uh, it's hard playing by myself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you'd think I'd be better at it by now. It's been a year of quarantine. It's hard though. It's been a weird year. Yeah, I, I like that song though. I, I made that up earlier this year and tried to tried to record it on. Um, so I've got this this collection of songs coming out. It should be done any any day now. It's it's just being mastered. So like the mixes are all done, um, and I'm doing all these by myself. But um, I tried to add 
a full band sound to, to songs like that. Um, but yeah, so let, let's do, uh, what do you think? Uh, maybe I'll do one more tune here on the guitar. One more sounds great. And, and listen up, guys. We've got three teasers from that new album that you yeah, haven't released yeah. yet. So Looking stay tuned for that those. as well. We'll talk a little bit about what you've been doing in this past year. Let's do one more for the people at home. For sure. We'll do um, uh, a little bit lighter lighter of a song. This one is, um, this just became like the tune I did with anybody and everybody. Um, it's a song I, I, I play this one all the time. It's like my go-to open mic song. This song is called Montreal. I go home. I go home. I go home. 
Yeah. Sweet. Thanks, bud. Yeah, thanks for playing. Oh, yeah, my pleasure, man. You're listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Head over to Facebook, like Rochester Groovecast, and mark our page as C First to keep in touch with everything new. Now, back to the show. Cool, man. Cool. And thanks to everybody uh, at home listening, whether you're listening to the podcast when it comes out. We're recording a podcast episode, if you guys didn't know. You right. guys get to be backseat. You get to be basically in the front row viewing it as we record it live here on Facebook. And Sean, man, so you're, you've been recording a brand new album at home during this quarantine. Let, let's start with now. And then I want to kind of get into the history because you've played with everybody, brother. So <laughs> let, let's start with, you know, what's been going on yeah. this year. You've been writing a lot of new songs. Oh, this has been the twilight zone year. It's like the, the, both the longest year and the shortest year and the weirdest year. Uh, but yeah, so March happened right <laughs> and um i i you know i had some stuff going on but i didn't have like a, we weren't really doing much any of my bands didn't have like a ton of goals for this summer anyway um and then when it was time to just stay at home i decided eh, you know what i'm going to just get to work on some stuff and it started looking like this it was just you know i'll do a fun acoustic song Maybe I'll put, I borrowed my buddy Cody's bass. I was like, I'll put some bass on it. And then I heard it back and I'm like, why don't you just try to do a whole thing? Um, which of course, you know, like I'm so bad about sharing stuff and remembering to like engage people. Uh, it's not cause I don't care. It's just, I don't know. Sometimes the internet can just bum me out, you know? Um, so I got, I did a couple of those acoustic videos and then I just got really zoned in to, to the recording process and i largely did it uh in this apartment and my old apartment and then um in various uh drum rooms throughout western new york because there's going to be like three different drummers on it um in addition i i played actually i played drums on the piano tune i just played um on the on the recording and then I actually made a couple of beats on the computer, which is a total first for me, uh, for the record. So it's, it's a little bit of a hodgepodge, but it was just a really cool thing to learn about. Um, and luckily, like I had had most of these songs in my head, you know, and, and on scraps of paper and not the most organized with that stuff. But luckily, I, I, was, I had a lot of this stuff that I knew I wanted to do. Um, so that, that made it nice. Cause I could really just focus on like the ornamentation and the mm -hmm. recording and learning mm -hmm. what this new thing did. And, you know, so it was a really cool little adventure to learn a lot of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Without a doubt. And no better time to do it. So you, right. you didn't really <laughs> document the process. I mean, honestly, social media the internet kind of bums us all out a lot of the times. Yeah, it would be I, I should have done a better job taking pictures in the studio. It's that well, my my room or whatever. Right. Um, I don't mean that. It, you know, it's it shouldn't bum you out too much. But sure. I, I like I, 
I kind of like using it to just be positive and like say hi to my friends, you know. Um, I almost feel like a lot of the noise ends up being a moot point anyway. Actually, the name of the name of the album is going to be Echo Terrarium because that's kind of what I feel like it's it's like living in like a a social media based world. You know, it's not the worst thing, but it can just you you know. Yeah, you can confirm your own thoughts and get really ingrained if you don't, I don't know, engage other ideas and, and actively seek out different stuff. You know, what what was the the name of the album? Echo Echo Terrarium Terrarium. I love yeah. it. There's not a tune called that either. I, I liked the idea of having an album name that didn't that wasn't a song, but that sort of represented the thread. Um, yeah, so I got, I got, um, nine, nine tracks done. I think it's about 43 minutes or so of music. Well, and I'm going to try to stagger it. You know, I'm going to stagger, do one song. You know, I think I'll put the whole album out cause I want people to hear it as a whole album too. So that'll probably be on like Bandcamp, and I'm going to do a short physical run of CDs. Um, but I'll, you know, just to, people that don't necessarily know know about me or whatever I'll, I'll put one song at a time out periodically so that there's just you know maybe it catches someone's interest that's never that i've never met you know yeah it's fun to to see them released staggered you know nowadays it, maybe maybe i won't maybe i won't listen to the whole album in my first listen but a lot of people as don't. soon as i yeah, see I a don't. track come out right yeah it's smart to exactly stagger right. it um does a lot of people know about this album you've been like an artistic scientist at home recording all this Honestly, I, like only my only my friends that i'm like in contact with i haven't really i've, I've posted that i was up to it you know right but it's it's really remained relatively uh, contained, and I, I just have to get these tracks back, and then I'm gonna get, you know, by by the end of the year, I swear this this thing's gonna be like public, not just done, but like public, because the music's done. You know, it's just sitting. Right. The unmastered tracks are sitting in a folder right here, um, and the 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 stuff I sent you were earlier masters, so it won't be terribly dissimilar to what we'll hear. Are you mastering it all yourself? Are you doing everything front to back? No, no. That's the one thing I decided um, I, I would allow myself to break one rule, but not two. And it, they're not rules, right? But, um, yeah, you know, I figured learning how to mix was enough for me. And I, I now understand what to listen for and even listening to the Moss Hawk too. And I was like, ah, I should get that to somebody else, see if it sounds any different. Um for what it's I worth, I, I think Zoom plays things in mono, so you probably weren't hearing the best it, version it might, when we played it today. Um, yeah. But I will tell you this. I use the real tracks in the final cut, so if you're listening live, um, oh, that. when the podcast crazy. comes out, you'll be able to hear the final cut, just so you oh, know. Cool. I, I always encourage people to listen to the audio version because it sounds better than when we're live, So just so Absolutely. everybody knows. Yeah, but to to answer that, no, that's a one step of this whole process that I I didn't want to touch, and I learned what goes into it now, and I know what I'm, I know what to look for when someone masters back more, what to listen for, mm-hmm. um, but it's just something I I think that 
uh, I mean, even Cody Morris, who engineered the whole first Mosswalk record and, and other stuff. He, actually, he even helped me substantially on one song in, in this on this record. Um, he always says he likes getting it to somebody else. You know, he doesn't want to be the one to master something he mixes because it's hmm. it's just a final set of ears. They're listening to it from a different mindset, you know. So I just think that's cool. It's, it is it's cool, not like man. it's like a, it's not going to break the bank to find somebody that's good, you know. It's just sort of worth it. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I think can go overlooked. You know, music's going to stand the test of time. You put this album out, you're going to have it forever. I I appreciate someone that wants to put the time and effort to make it perfect, and it's never going to be perfect. Yeah, I mean, but deadli- I like having like longer term deadlines because that i didn't want this to be a thing i you know eight years in my room like, going nuts. <laughs> but i was like okay you started in the spring we'll get it done by the end of the year um, cool. but yes like i started to really appreciate that about recorded music this year was like this is just gonna be there for as long as whoever pays the Great. you know whatever bill spotify bill <laughs> the stuff will be there it'll be uh, there well after me you know so i want it to be good you know yeah spotify man you could probably learn uh earn a few dollars on this album on spotify i'll get i'm gonna put it on there for sure um, I'm, I'm just knocking spotify because the, yeah, the roundups probably... came out and the amount you're making on thousands of listens oh, is silly oh, it's but insane. <laughs> it's that's insane. beside the point I mean, I like to think of it as um, pre pre twenty twenty. Right. I always kind of believed that the way in a, a musician was going to make money is playing with their band, playing live shows, and things have to go on Spotify so that people can hear them. And if they like your music, they're going to ideally be in a city near you. Um, and now that now we can't do that, that's, that's completely gone too. So, but I, I still want to have it on there because at the end of the day, like, I don't want to sit with a hundred copies of this in my room and like only I know that I did it. I'd rather have it just at least be available, you know. Yeah, I, I want. I want to. Your... Maybe we'll sell T-shirts. Or yeah, sell T-shirts. I <laughs> I do I do want your feedback on this because. I don't have the exact answer. I don't think anyone knows exactly how to handle it, but I know personally Spotify, right? That's what I would use to check up on a band that I've never heard before I went to see them live, or that's what I use to show someone a band to get them to go to the live show with me. So I was always all about live music. How has the virus, as a guy who's always touring, always playing in projects, you know, one-offs all across the board, how has that changed your life as a musician? And have you found an answer? Have you found a pivot? Uh, I don't don't think I really know. I've been asking because what's the pivot? Where do we go from here? I mean, part of the answer is just hoping that this isn't life forever. Mm-hmm. You know, because I, I, I'm, I am still for um, doing the real deal lockdown, if, you know, because it's about people's health and, right. you know, our fun and entertainment doesn't trump someone's health. Uh, but that said, you know, 
if <laughs> if this became like a an age of, of viruses every couple of, <laughs> it would just really crush crush a lot of us you know um so part of it is just hoping that it's not always going to be like this and then I, but you know the other thing it's it's not a full blown substitute but lear, you know trying to learn a new instrument or recording but that that only satisfies so much there's never going to be a substitute for playing in front of other people and playing with other people you know and if you're close like even this year i've gotten to play a little bit like especially with um tyler westcott and i have done stuff my roommate patrick jackson have done stuff um but those are people in in the little pod and and we're trusting each other when we do that you can't just go to a jam session you can't just go to a concert so yeah that, that it has affected it big time you know yeah, it, it's been an effect, a huge effect. Um, I almost feel like a delayed gratification. You've been talking about learning how to mix better, learn a new instrument. It's a delayed gratification. I'm just, I'm having dreams about that time where I'm at a festival again and I get to see a live show like I that, know. you know? I know. I mean, trust me, I, I, I can't wait. I, I do hope that I um, keep to my my word here. Cause I've been thinking to myself, like can't take it for granted. Not that I ever like was cynical about it, but you know what, when it, when it comes back, when live music comes back, I'm going to try to value it all the more. Right. Cause it's special, you know, it is special. Yeah. Yeah. You, you talked about, you know, learning a new instrument, you've been playing piano. I'm curious, you can kind of answer either of these questions. I'm wondering if you've been practicing on a new instrument and, or if you could pick up an instrument that you don't know how to play yet, let's say this kept going, what, what would you learn and and why have you been picking up anything new? And if not, What's the next step, bro? I already know. I mean, even if the pandemic is not, uh, I want to be able to play the drums better. Cool. Sure. Yeah. That's hard though because I don't have really the space for it. I'm gonna. I have a few um, places, studios in mind that I could finagle a deal. Like, what's an inoffensive time to come in and really? do that like really get decent at it because i can i can hold a little beat like you know i even did the the one simple four four beat for for my one tune but i mean i don't know like i like a lot of kinds of music and i always thought that the drums really made a song you know they they really truly take it to their and i i like all the the bomb drummers you know the best of the best <laughs> um but that was cool i mean i had all these tunes and i um I tried to pick the drummers I had recorded with me. I tried to pick songs that I thought they were going to really shine on. Um, so actually the, the one that, uh, Moss used to do this tune too. It's another one I wrote a couple years, probably like three or four years ago, but Sunday drive has Ryan Campbell on it. Cool. The, the guitar, uh, he's a drummer. He's a drummer. Yeah. yeah. And we went to Cody Morse's house to do the drums. We went to his studio. Um, so I had, I had started, I had to redo a little bit um, once we got the, the picture of the drums down, but I got like the skeleton of the track down. Uh, and then we drove to North Tonawanda 
Um, and he sat there with headphones on and just played his absolute best. Was that good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> good job. <laughs> you know. I I want to listen to it, Sean. So you sent me these teasers. I haven't heard them yet. I should have. I should have did some research, but I popped it them. Is, no, it's all good. <laughs> I haven't heard them yet. I don't think anyone at home's heard them yet. They're not even fully released yet, so I'm really. Right, so pumped. I just gave like a minute to two minutes. I love it. And that way, we're not you know. Waste killing too much time, but this one's called Sunday Drive. Yeah, let's do Sunday Drive. Yeah, man. Oh, I'm so excited for this <laughs> CD. I just like that's how I know. I don't even. Nah. Like, you can't like get crazy with this stuff. Like you can't think you did something really. I don't think it's important, you know. But I, I like that. I like it still because I listen to that a lot. <laughs> yeah, know? it's fresh, man. For anyone who doesn't already know, you you play a killer electric guitar. You played acoustic with us today. Would you say electric is electric oh, your so your primary man? Of course, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, it, I've played for so long, and like I really still am not that comfortable doing like the solo by myself. Sure, because like I, my imagination is just off in that world. You know, drive pedals and oh, I'm gonna get the wah going and drum fills and organ and you know. Yeah. Well, let, let's talk about that because, you know, when you're in a band, you're playing a role and you've played a role in so many different bands. It's so much different than sitting there and playing alone. Um, you know, let, let's do a brief history. I mean, did you, when did you start with music and let's talk about some of the oh, projects yeah. you've, you've been in because I, I'm sure we can't name them all, but it's been a long, strange trip, right? Oh, it's definitely gone back, gone back a ways. I mean, the earliest jamming was was at my friend Matt Dahl's house. He got his drum kit when he was 12, and I got, uh, you know, an off-brand Squire, or an off-brand Court and a Squire amp, and we were just off to the races, you know. So it started like that, and back then I wanted to sound like Alice in Chains, System of a Down. <laughs> okay that was just it you know drop d 
make it heavy. Uh, but I learned so much just by, I think we got a lot out of our system nice and young. So that was good. Um, really the bulk of a lot of this stuff still comes from when I went to college. Um, I played with Taylor Ricks a ton. Um, me and him were writing songs together. We lived together for a couple of years in college and he's amazing. So he's, he's living in Cuse now doing solo stuff. He's sat in with a million people. He can run circles around anybody, but, but he's like the most humble guy too. You would never think of it like that, you know? But, uh, so, so he honestly was, you know, kind of an influence too, you know, just by being there and, and playing so much together. Uh, our first band was Mick Van Rick. We, we had uh, our buddy Hank on the drums. He was in the hockey team. It's weird because I was always doing music, but like it wasn't the thing I was studying. Sure. But it was never like on the side either. It was just like so obviously important. Um, so it was weird, you know. And then like Hank would come over midday. He'd be like, I got an hour before hockey practice. So we'd stand there. He was huge. He was like this six foot something tall <laughs> Californian ginger guy. And you'd have two bottles of wine. Like, I got you one little buddy. So we need to drink a bottle of wine middle of the day. I'm like, <laughs> Just jam. I'm shot the rest of the day, but we, right. we got a lot done. Yeah. And he encouraged, he was really good at encouraging. He showed me that I could kind of take the reins and, you know, finish songs and call them, call them done and he just had a great positivity um so then all that sort of culminated into our friends band because after right toward the end of college we met trevor and he hank had moved back to california we met trevor we didn't we're like what are we gonna do you know these are tunes we made up when we were like 18 19 kept a few of the riffs but then we got on this whole different page and we were all into funk music um and that became our friends band so it was me taylor trevor for a long time with some random guest singers and we always made it a party and our friend everett was on horns and he had joined mick van rick right toward the end so he he was back home and we put the groundwork for our friends band together he's like okay i'm back i'm gonna play horn Uh, and luckily we met Josh Russell who um, is a sound engineer at Oswego and he became our, our keyboard player. And he's a hell of an organ player too, especially, I mean, you could play roads and keys, but when he gets going on the organ, it's just cool. You know, he's, he's good at it. So that was like funk and we were, we love the meters. We yeah. were, we were doing souped up blueses too, but we were writing a lot of our, I mean, it was a lot of our own stuff. It was a lot of tunes that, you know, I guess you could say I wrote them, but those guys equally, they sounded like they sounded cause it was them. And so that was very much a, our thing. Yeah. And then I found myself in Buffalo, you know? Um, and then I, I, uh, for a little while in Buffalo, I didn't have a band here that was mine. Mm-hmm. I was going back to Oswego. We were playing, you know, traveling and playing around central New York. And I just got jamming with lots of different people here. And I kind of fell in love with Buffalo because it was like a music city. You know, it felt like everyone was, 
really just open armed within the music community. I mean, you know, there's always going to be little, you're not good enough for this, blah, 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 whatever. Anywhere um, you go. Yeah, that's just it. You know, but who cares? Most, most people I met, I, I started jamming with tons of different people. You know, Folk Faces was a big connecting point. Because their old guitarist had gone to college with me and Taylor. So he was my first friend here, only friend in Buffalo. Oh, wow. So he introduces me to Tyler, Folk Faces. You know, Patrick joined the band a couple of years later. So it's all just connected, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. I didn't know any of that. That's cool. Because I've seen um, you play with our friend's band at Sterling Folk Fest, where Folk Faces have yeah, played. Yeah, that was like our hometown a... fest. Kind right, of, right. Know? I didn't grow up in Oswego. I grew up in, in Troy, but it felt okay. like our hometown. Because that's where I lived, and we all lived there. Yeah. And it was 20 minutes away, you know. Sterling's always been incredible. And I'm wondering what other, you know, great venues or festivals you love to play with through that whole era. Oh, man. Um, there was just some really cool, like, remember, like, Middle Ages Brewery had a really cool one. Hmm. Um, I never got to do, like, Party in the Park or anything, but, like, cool. Three Heads always did through some really awesome shows. Um, I liked, even though it was dingy, and like, I've heard it's revamped now, but, like, old places, um, old theaters, like, oh, my God, I'm drawing a blank. What's the one in Syracuse? Uh, Westcott. Westcott Theater. Oh, yeah. yeah. We, you know, we, I think we, like, opened for Tea Leaf Green once or something there. That's awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fun. And I, I would go there, too. When I, I lived in Cues for a little while, so I saw Eric Krasno there, uh, Heavy Pets. I was into them for a while. Um, I think I, I think Soul Live actually went to the West Guy. They were good. Uh, so that was a cool place. Yeah, I don't know. And then like when I, by the time I got to Buffalo, Cobblestone was good. None of my bands ever did Nightlights. It just never lined up. But Nightlights is great. Yeah. Um, Ellen and Donnie always got me into that. So after a few years in being in Buffalo, I moved into. Um, Donnie Fraunhofer's house and he got me playing a lot of crazy music too like we did a Zappa tribute um, we've done Almond Brothers uh, pretty regularly that one sort of stuck with Grace Logan on, on the other lead um, yeah but him and Ellen always would like put me on the role I'd be like I was a crew member okay so I was like the roadie for yeah either folk faces or intrepid <laughs> I'd carry like one amp <laughs> and then I'd, and yeah. then I'd have like 15 drink tickets and be <laughs> like, I can park here for the night. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. Throw the keys. We're good. You know, I so love it, it. night lights is cool. Have you ever been to that? That, um, those ground It's the same as the blue heron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've, I've been to heron three yeah. three four times and night lights two or three times beautiful oh, yeah. campground just, like, like the incredible the i mean it's all woods it's just it's beautiful you it's know? beautiful yeah you know where i wish i saw one buffalo festival at north fork and i just don't think they like like the rock hippie sure <laughs> even if it's not like jam bands even if it's like younger folk or whatever. i don't i still don't think they want it to be a party okay um, but buffalo, north fork buffalo 
Buffalo, Buffalo didn't want to party. When no, I think Buffalo was the festival I saw at North Fork. Okay, how so far they, is they, they wanted to party? Yeah, um, <laughs> for sure. But North Fork, I think it's like forty-five minutes east of here. Okay, I honestly on a map I can't really picture it. I forget where North Fork is, but that place is really awesome, beautiful. So someday, hopefully, I, I would play there. It might have to be like middle of the day bring a lawn chair type of place yeah I don't they i don't they just don't want to do the festival thing you know yeah can, can you blame them i mean but i mean i always I, thought it was fine no i think everybody had a good time you know it's when you're an outsider looking in like let's say you're at a festival you're working there you're completely sober and you've never listened to any of the bands it can be a little bit alarming yeah the yeah. way people walk, the way people, literally the way people walk, the way people dress, the way it's, people it's dress, like, the music. It is and, kind of un... But Sterling blew my mind because <laughs> that was like the first like little festival that I started playing at. And yeah, it was a it was a learning curve just being like, oh, whoa, people get <laughs> wild. crazy. But but yeah. my my end point is no one gets hurt. Like, no, there's no fights. There's not really much crime. Really. It's just a I bunch mean, of hippies having fun, man. Like, it's not anything that's going to ruin your town. Yeah. You just might have to clean up like you would at any event, you know? Yeah. And a lot of these places, I mean, are good at cleaning up, too, you know? <laughs> right. They actually do a good job. Um, yeah, but Ster- Sterling has held a special place. I've played that, those, both those stages m- many times. Yeah. And it's just a riot. Yeah, I hope I hope Sterling comes back. The, there's a lot of I, I haven't had enough conversations with people running these festivals and I just genuinely hope that things are strong enough and stable enough that once we can whether it's a vaccine, the virus goes away, once we can actually I just know be there i want it to be able to still like i'll do i'll pay whatever they ask for i'll do whatever i can i, I just want to bring it back yeah and, and it is the ones on this level that we're talking about too that's more important to me like you know i heard somebody say if bonnaroo doesn't get to uh have a festival in 2021 the company goes bankrupt and i'm like huh who cares are they paying yeah. people wait i, wait, I, I what, guess what? i mean it must be that big of a and huh. nothing against whoever <laughs> manages that but no totally uh it's kind of like you know whatever because some other corporate guy will give you the the biggest of the biggest and they'll that void will get filled but something like a sterling that's very community-based and if that goes away it doesn't just somebody else just doesn't step in it doesn't work like that you know no eric there does a lot of good work i mean he's constantly trying to seek talent and uh, promoting it, organizing it. I don't know how he does it all while being so cool. You know, he's just bopping around his, his festival. It's pretty wild. It's what it's all about, man, especially at that small scale. You know, it's by the people, for the people. It's fun. Everybody gets to know each other. I, I can't knock a Bonnaroo. I can't knock any of those large festivals because it's an incredible, there's a reason that it's, it's so feat. large. It's no, so it fun. It's so fun. It is, a, it, fun, it is but... an accomplishment. 
but it it doesn't give me the same about them yeah. than a little one that won't just easily you know produce something in its stead right right yeah sterling's been 20 plus years um grassroots festival is one of my favorites i've been there 11 years or so they've been mm-hmm. going for almost 30 years and these are festivals that if it wasn't for them i wouldn't be who i am man it, it's important to right. me no absolutely and you just hope I, like what would i don't even know what it's going to take for that kind of thing not to get hit really hard because like that's all they've got it's not like they can like sell something else you know like it's that's the product that's the thing that they need to happen i don't know maybe they could make like compilation cds or something (laughs) i know i know you know festivals are doing streams and things like that yeah but it's true it's true like you can't you can't replace the actual product and the product's not really not even a really. product. It's, it's an experience, you know, yeah, yeah. it's, it's something that even in a compilation CD, I mean, that's why I love live music. I'm sure you'd agree. It's the way it makes you feel when you're at the show and it's the people yeah. you meet, you know, it's really, it's really, un, it's, it's unreal how you could listen to the same show, even that you were at something that's important to you. But like that, you just get like excited and giddy when you walk into a venue, you know, and the lights and the sound. It's just, yeah, it's hard to replace. That said, I mean, I think it's cool that some of these venues are doing concerts in front of no one just to try to like Mm -hmm. latch on, (laughs) like keep keep afloat here. Because it is kind of cool when you see like somebody at some... You know, big. I don't think that Beacon's done it, but that would be cool to see. You know, like Derek Trucks man, the Beacon. Oh, absolutely. No one, but it'd be like pro shot. You know. Well, I know the the Trey band had been doing streams on a weekly basis. I haven't watched them much, but I mean, they've got a screen with the comments and Trey's like talking was, to the audience. And I don't remember what venue that was. Was that somewhere in New York City? I think so. I. I could Google it real quick. I don't I recall off the, the top. I of my saw head. the one where they had the strings on Yem, and that honestly was amazing. Yeah, you know, it's a great that, way to connect to the audience. Stop. He just yeah. keeps going. You know, yeah, it's, it's, that's that's inspiring to me. You know, t- talking about not stopping. Why don't we catch a break? See what I did there? Oh wow, that's good. <laughs> Oh yeah, it took us out of order too. We had this plan. Oh yeah, we we had an order. It's it's if I mean you're a musician, man. You understand? Yeah, right. This is how it goes. Yeah. So catch a break. Let's talk a little bit about this uh, teaser we're about to have here. Okay. Yeah. This. um, I'm trying to think. I don't want to misspeak here. I think out of the nine tunes that are going to end up on this CD or this album, whatever. only two were written like this year. So like I, like I said, a lot of this was stuff I had already done. And then it was more about learning how I wanted it to sound and Mm. and take time with, you know, headphones on and in front of the computer more or less. Um, But this one is, 
is is an exception to that. This one came one day. Just it's the simplest tune on the record. Um, it's literally two chords if you were to break it down, which is. But I just it was stuck in my head, and I did. I tried my best to like weave a little structure there through those two chords. But so this one was written earlier this year, and it just some sometimes they just strike you. Like sometimes they take forever, and sometimes they don't, and they're just sort of done, like a little gift. Here you go. Yeah. So this one's called Catch a Break. I like the wah and the guitar and everything in that one. Yeah, I every couple of years I end up buying a, a new wah pedal. I it's like so, I don't even care anymore. Some people think stuff like that is like silly and cliche. It's like no, it's just like a great sound, you know. Uh, but I have to like. I mean, I I could use a different one. I don't have to, but I really like the ones uh, the buttonless ones. So I've literally tried like every type of buttonless one out there okay um and i got i i got a new one uh last year or early this year are you liking it oh it's pretty cool i don't get a chance that's the thing though i don't get really a chance to use this stuff you know if i'm sitting here quietly (laughs) working on a song i'm not like it's rare that i go in the kitchen and like blast it out you know yeah maybe i should why not, man? It, yeah, that's what you did when you were a kid, right? Yeah, why not? You know. Do you have any favorite pedals? Any favorite sounds? Mm. Okay, that's a a difficult question because there's like the boring answers and then like the interesting answers. Um, I guess like a fun answer would be some sort of. I have the this flashback delay that you can get 
really crazy with. Um, so I like like when syncopated, like it's got the tap so I can set it, but if I don't set it to uh, the beat, if I do like like a dotted quarter, if I do whatever triplets and get like those patterns going, I love that kind of stuff. I don't do, it's hard to do. I should write more parts like that. Um, but I love that song. Yeah. Um, and I like, you know, just classic. I don't really use a lot of distortion. I like overdrives. It's like some people are like tomato, tomato, but to me, it's like, you're not changing the sound. You're just like pushing uh, the sound. Sure. Yeah. So I really like the sparkle drive. Um, cause it's kind of like the tube screamer, but I've got like the, a modded one that I found at some store, uh, used, and it, it just sounds good, you know. Uh, but then the boring answer, honestly, the most interesting thing that I've come <laughs> to appreciate is just like what you can do with an EQ pedal. Cool. Yeah. And it's like not that exciting, but I swear, try it. <clears throat> try it in any place before your distortion, in between them, at the end. Um, you'll be shocked, just little tweaks. Like sometimes I'll use it as a boost. You could get a clean boost at it, but sometimes I'll do this like lower mid thing where I just push it a little couple dBs on a few frequencies. Mm -hmm. It's wild how much it changes. But like I said, that's kind of a boring one. Yeah. You know, it's the kind of thing I, I almost feel like I want to hear it. I want to, yeah, listen it's to hard it. to like, it's hard to, to picture uh, or, you know, I don't even, do we have a word for visualize? Like that's an analogous for audio. Um, oralize. Yeah, I suppose. Like yeah. Oralize. Yeah. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> no, a, but, so those are the, question, yeah. Delay is like my favorite cool effect. And then EQ is the become my most important boring effect. Let's go into fantasy world, you know, $10,000 landed on your lap and you had uh, to spend it on music. It doesn't have to be gear, but $10,000 lands on your lap. And I'm mad if you don't spend it, you can't give it to charity. Yeah. You, you got to spend it on the art. Right. Somehow. Which like, I almost I feel wouldn't yeah. go that nuts with gear. Okay. I don't know. I think. I would probably just find the the best Fender tube amp I could, but like not a boutique one. Something like a a souped up like Fender Deluxe reverb or something. Um, I I really I honestly love my guitar. This is my little guitar library. Okay. There's, a, there's another one behind that one. I, I I really like my guitars. I think I've got the ones I I need. Um. Can I spend it on like traveling to play music? <laughs> yeah, no, and I'd probably, a... I'd probably want like, um, I, I want like a good bass rig to myself, and then I guess cool. I would get a nice drum kit, and then I'd use half of it to like rent a drum room for cool. a year or something. Like that. What if you, what if you had to spend it on going to a show and then grabbing a beer? with the musicians. Are there any bands that you'd love to have that oh, experience wow. with man? Yeah. Uh, actually it's funny. Tyler and I were just talking about, we would 
pay kind of a lot to see Tom Waits. Cool, yeah. Because he does not play a lot. Right. He does not play a lot. Yeah. So I'd prioritize bands that didn't that didn't really come around a ton, like him. Um I mean, I've seen Queens of the Stone Age multiple times. They're still like they're like my favorite rock and roll like heavy rock band. Yeah. So I'd pay a lot like to get like a good seat. Cause I don't have to pay that much to see him. You know, I have paid aftermarket for them because they sell out fast. And I love when they play little, they like to play little clubs before they go do these like European hmm. 80,000 people festivals. So last two years ago, they only had one date on this whole leg of their tour in North America. And it was at the rapids in Niagara falls. It was 20, 25 minute drive from my house. So I was there, but I missed, they sold out in like 25 minutes. <laughs> wow. So instead of 60 bucks, I had paid like a hundred dollars or something. Yeah. But it's like, what the hell? I'm not even going to have to spend money on anything else. You know, I'm, it's so close to home. I had to do that. But I think those, he, uh, Josh Homme would be fun to, he'd probably want to have more than a couple beers. I would hope. Maybe I would talk his ear off. He'd be like, get the hell out of here. <laughs> Leave me That's alone. You know? So Queens of the Stone Age, I'm I'm out of the loop because I remember them back when I was in like probably middle school and just right. when they first yeah. made when they first made it big with like no Broke one out. knows. Uh, yeah. Yep. But they just are, kept going. That's what I love about playing. Oh yeah. I mean, they're on like their I want to say seventh or eighth album now, like Awesome. Four or five after that one. Yeah. And they're cool because they can maintain like that popular access that a lot of like a radio band would have, but they, I really, I don't know. They just kind of do their own thing. You know, they, it doesn't ever feel like they like made something they didn't want to make. Um, Isn't that the best part when you're making music that you love and a band like them, I don't think they made radio hits to make radio hits. They just no. played music they loved and it landed, you know? And it landed, yeah. And I feel like it's it's doubly you can you can almost prove it in their case because every album has had its own sound. So they didn't just like try to do the same album eight times. You know, they got this one awesome sound for uh you know, songs for the deaf and then they just like made a whole new sound and I did that again and again <laughs> hey there's a thread you know it's the same people right but each one is like its own i like that about them too each album is its own world so yeah bands like i don't know it's hard it's i i ask questions i'll be honest with you sean i ask questions that i don't know the answer to while i'm asking it but it's funny to it's fun to sometimes have those thought experiments and and just think so big because it's possible man you know for all you know i've always wanted to talk to joe oh joe walsh would be great yeah yeah i have like a weird soft spot because i feel like i kind of have something in common with him okay like in the way that i play a little bit and maybe like not like the greatest singer but just i still just do it because it it's my song you know yeah i I always like that about him i mean i hope he wouldn't take offense to that he's a fine singer but you know what i mean 
No, I, I, I bet he understands entirely. Yeah, he's just got his his. Vo- he knows how to use his voice. Right, which is cool. When did you start singing? I mean, were you always singing, or did you pick it up as a necessity kind of thing? Let's talk about that. Yeah, I mean that that would have been the story. Several several years. Ago. I mean, going back to early college days, it was just like, I guess I should sing because every every band has a singer. But then I found that I really loved writing uh, lyrics too. So I I don't know. I, I feel comfortable singing when it's my stuff. Um, if I get if I get like hired to to play a gig, I kind of just like being the best guitarist I can be, and I feel like that'll sound good for what I what somebody else is trying to do. Mm-hmm. But there's something personal about like singing your own stuff you know do you do you feel vulnerable with this new album it's all your guitar it's all your vocals it's most all your everything it's the is it the first time it's the first time that you've recorded something all on your own without a band element yeah yeah this is the first time that i've ever done that um so in a a little bit but at this point it, it does just feel musically like a continuation of of everything i've done before i mean hopefully it it gels like it would be more embarrassing if like you could tell sure it was just one person the whole time and it sounded like weird and that actually that brings up a cool cool point that i hadn't thought of in a long time like a lot of times when you're playing in a band and somebody does something you slightly adjust what you're doing so that it fits better Mm -hmm. and doing that with yourself is weird but you start to notice like you always put the beat on this in the same area so then you're like i thought i had a part for this but now i need to make like a counterpart Hmm. so that it doesn't all just like sound like eight instruments all doing the same (laughs) yeah it's it's cool to think about that i hadn't thought of that in a long time uh, I wanna I wanna listen to this last tease we have here. What's yeah, it called? Sure. Uh, whatever happened to my shadow? Let's talk yeah. about this. You got background on this song? I do. Yeah, this one um, I had had plans for for a long time, and it was just one of those ones. I got my cat up. Um, yeah, it's one of those songs that I just never like got around to organizing with any of of the bands, and. I don't know when it became a three-part thing, um, but at some point I took these three ideas that I had always toyed with and decided like those three were going to fit together. And it's not like I, I try not to force it, but I just realized that they were going to flow together. Mm. So it's one song, but I, it's I actually did it in three different sessions. Um, and then try to carefully weave them into one another. We're just going to listen to part two. Okay. Um, cool. So hopefully this will get people to want to hear the whole thing. It might be a little weird out of context, but. Hey, I love out of context, man. Let's listen to whatever happened yeah. to my shadow. And I'm excited for when, when these tracks come out in their entirety. I, I'm happy yeah. that we were able to get a, a tease today. It, it it's a tease, man. It makes me want to hear it all. That's good. 
<laughs> dude, that's that that's hardcore. It's pretty man. intense. Yeah, it is pretty intense. intense. That's the it's that it gets a little heavier in the in the third part. That one's like the probably the on the darker end of the album for sure. Yeah, it's like some prog rock kind of like darker. Yeah, dude, it's fun, man. Cool. I'm I'm really excited that that you like it. Thank you. Yeah, that and actually there you go. That one I forgot. Duh, that song has that um uh weird dotted like delay sound. Oh yeah. Because I'm just going like that's what's making that. That that's the riff. I'll go. But it's going. Yeah. Yeah. So doing that live, it would be a little tricky. I'd have to like find a spot before it's a quick set, the right tap. Right. Actually, that's gonna be a nightmare. Honestly, (laughs) trying to play because now that I've spent so much time on him in the studio, now I know why. I almost yeah, it's hard. That's what I've always loved about just all like live rock bands, whether it be, I guess like, you know, jam, jazz, folk, bluegrass, like all those kind of bands shine live. Yeah. And that's, I've always striven for, for that. Not, I mean, even not musically necessarily with those genres that I just named, but sure with that goal. Um, and yeah, now that I made this studio stuff, it's going to be, I've got to like accept that there's a, a different live thing, which that's never happened before. Yeah. It'd be tough to recreate live. I'm curious in the past (laughs) when you've recorded, um, have you been in this? I mean, in this situation, you're recording one part at a time, obviously in the past is the whole band playing together or how have you done? We've multi-tracked a lot. Um, like with all the bands I played in, but also we're, we're tracking a song we've already been playing live for months, if sure. not like over a year, you know? Right. Like there's, there was our friends band tunes that had just been played a ton. And then like two years later we're in the studio trying to record it. So everybody kind of already is familiar with it. Like then you work the kinks out and you get to hear under the microscope if there's little things that need adjustment. But yeah, we, they started as live songs, whereas these are the opposite. Right. Is, it's that's there. That's a big difference for me, I guess. That's going to be weird. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to when you first release it and then when you br- bring it live, see some of those challenges, see it all I'll come to it, fruition. Ideally, live. we'll come to Rochester, man. So, so let's talk about nowadays and, you know, the future and what it holds. Um, Moss Walk, is Moss Walk still together? And what other product? I mean, it's where harder. where do we stand, all these, man? All, all these bands, like none of them are done, but it's just been such a weird year. Yeah, and um, I hope I hope none of them are totally done, and I want to keep writing tunes really for for all the bands and playing with everybody. Um, yeah. That said, I don't really know. I mean, once once the quarantine lifts again, I think I do have to start thinking about that. Like, how with whatever project how could i get back to the stage more frequently because it's gonna feel rusty mm-hmm. you know whereas in years past weekend 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 playing rock playing out i'm gonna be rusty at it you know yeah so i gotta think about how that's all gonna go down 
but I'm, I'm excited about it. Cause honestly, I think that like, you know, I could, I could definitely call on a lot of my friends to help me, help me do whatever I needed, which is, which is a good feeling to have. You know, I got a lot of good people, good musicians in my corner, which is, which is cool. It's, it's going to be a great feeling when it's all back, you know, blissful to, to have music and to see the struggle, you know, the struggling artist, it's never been more of a struggling artist and seeing musicians come back with their chops refined, new music. It's going to be fun, man. So, so obviously, obviously everyone should keep in touch with you. How do they keep in touch? Is there about social media websites? How do we keep in touch for the album and for for projects to come, you know? I try to use, I have a music page just called Sean McNamara uh, music. Uh, music. Cool. Um, so that Facebook page acts as, and like no matter what I would do, even if it's an, another band, even if it's a band I'm not normally in, I'll try to use that. Um, that's just like a hub for my, my activity. Cool. So that's probably the best thing, you know? Yeah. I'll toss that in the show notes and cool. I'm looking forward to it, man. Um, you said by the end of the year, we're mid-December almost I know, now. I so know. Literally, all, all that has to happen is this engineer has to email me the the tracks, and okay. then as long as they're not like corrupted files, um, they'll be, I'll put a song out immediately. Sweet, you know? sweet. Look forward to it. I, one more question I have to ask you because... Brand new question I ask everybody now. Uh, I used to ask a, something, a billboard question. Don't know. Most of you guys have heard that by now, but I... I thought you were going to do that to me. That's okay. So, oh, so I might have... I still have that outline, right? Should, do you want me to ask the no, billboard question? No, it's question? okay. No, do the new one. I want it to be... What's really funny is um, I, I send every artist a very brief outline, letting them know I'm going to ask this billboard question, but I have since retired that question. <sighs> And brought together a new one because I'd had a- I'd asked like 40, 50 people the same question. I, I did put forget out, about it until uh, now we're talking about it. So what, do you th- what are you thinking now? So new question. Okay. Thought experiment. We're in the Western New York, upstate New York region, and we're putting together a time capsule. A lot has happened this year. But, you know, a virus hitting us doesn't define our region. It doesn't define the human race. It's just, you know, a piece of time. And in a thousand years, someone's going to open up this time capsule and they'll be able to experience the truth about what it was like to live in the 2000s. You know, we're looking back at the 3000s. They'll be able to see that truth of what it was like to live in 2020. So you yeah. have an opportunity to put something in that time capsule. It needs to be physical. It can't be a concept per se. Right, right. Because it needs to be a physical item of sort. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering what you want to contribute to our time you know, capsule. The, the cop out, like selfish answer would be like the album we've been talking about. Like, <laughs> but I think rather than that, um, it's similar. But what right. I would do is I would burn a CD of all the stuff I got to do this year and uh in spite of not being able to play shows really um so my friend cody barcroft has a new country album that patrick and i played on at uh wizard sound studios his buddy phil 
has a beautiful studio in uh, West Falls. I put a song or two off of that. Um, I would put, I, I don't, I don't know if the folk faces I did. No, I came out last year. I'll still put it on. I was on one or two of their tracks. Um, I put a couple of my tunes from, so I would make a, a burned CD of like roughly this year. Yeah. Um, that is not total vanity. It is not all just me. But, but it, it is, but it's like sharing it with other people. When it's the whole Buffalo region yeah. and the town yeah, coming is. out of the Buffalo, which is dude, a hub, man. Like I'm from Rochester born and raised, but so much thing. respect for Buffalo, you know, Rochester, but I, I would imagine you have a similar care for it. Like, like yeah. you hear it is, I mean, I've always enjoyed my time playing in Rochester, you know? Absolutely. I love it. Anything else for the time capsule? I think I want to give people three items because you can toss in your CD. Mm. You can toss in a burn CD with a hub of music from Buffalo. And um, let's give you one more item for the capsule because I'm going to make this big, man. I want this capsule to be big. To be chock full. Yeah. Uh, Let's do, I mean, I got the really small thing would be one of those little weird wooden, um, gypsy guitar picks because i Ooh. i guess i bought a lot of stuff this year um i was bored so i bought a, a, a an acoustic guitar that's like a selmer copy and you're you traditionally would play that's like the django reinhardt style yeah so i would put one of those picks in as like i i tried to tackle this guitar i, I don't know that's off the cuff i love it I love it. Dude, uh, we only scratched the surface. I mean, real quick, did we miss anything? Any last words for the people at home? No, I just hope everybody's safe. Um, thanks for, um, you know, being cool. And uh, yeah. hopefully everybody's got to be healthy. listening to the Rochester Groovecast podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and remember the fee. Share this with a friend and tell them exactly why they should listen. And don't forget to keep it groovy, baby.